Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 165, Argument for the Existence of God, Episode 10, is entitled The Expanding Universe. We must account for all observations of science. And as tools become more sophisticated, science becomes even more accurate in its findings. One of the greatest advances in astronomy is the Hubble Telescope. Named after Edwin Hubble, 1889-1953, who noticed the red shift, which indicated that the universe was expanding at a rapid rate as a result of the Big Bang. It was inferred that the universe, all matter, life, law, energy, was compressed in a singularity smaller than an atom. The energy from that singularity was so powerful that when released, all matter has been expanding ever since. Whether the Big Bang occurred or not is for science to teach us. However, our small universe is a drop of water in the vast oceans of space. Our universe is to the cosmos what a grain of sand is to all the sands on Earth. Life and law in the cosmos did not originate with the Big Bang, and our cosmos, estimated at 14 billion years, is an infant. There are other universes older than ours, and our own spirits are older, infinitely older, than all universes and came from a timeless state. Science is in its infancy and will never catch up to all the creations of God. The principle of causality, as stated by Stephen Hawking, asserts that There must be a complete set of laws that, given the state of the universe at a specific time, would specify how the universe would develop from that time forward. If that is true, then the Big Bang could only happen by a complete set of laws that specify how the universe would develop from that time forward. Law precedes creation, and accident had nothing to do with it. When science catches up to its own philosophy, it will turn away entirely from the accidental universe and admit to intelligent design. Where did that complete set of laws come from? A singularity is a specific state of the universe, and the Big Bang is from that time forward. Therefore, according to Mr. Hawking, a complete set of laws must have preceded the Big Bang. It is, therefore, impossible for the singularity to create the very laws that created the singularity, or something would come from nothing. What then accounts for the pre-existing complete set of laws that created the singularity? Chaos cannot create law, but law can organize chaos. Therefore, science must account for the origin of law. In explaining the origins of life and the cosmos, scientists are always confronted with cosmic improbability. Our scientists tell us that if the expansion following the Big Bang had been even slightly slower, one quintillionth, the universe would have collapsed into a black hole and everything destroyed. If the expansion had been even slightly faster, also wouldn't quintillion, the universe would have expanded continually 
never creating galaxies. But like the Earth, called the Goldilocks Zone, the expansion was just right for galaxies to form. At what point do scientists become suspicious of everything being just right? The universe seems to be a Goldilocks Zone as well. For that matter, as science expands its knowledge of the universe, it will find that everything is just right. What is even more exciting, if science is right, is that each galaxy of unimaginable size is a giant star maker so that creation continues forever. Our scientists must deal with the anomaly of the Big Bang. However, as Christians, just as we hold our evolutionists to boundaries, we must also hold our astronomers to boundaries. Three things must be accounted for. 1. Facts as we know them. We must continually separate fact, inference, and judgment. 2. The principle of causality and the law of creation. 3. The appearance of intelligent design. It is time to quit defending the obvious. Atheists reject God on principle, not on fact. And scientists quibbling over what caused the design, yet everyone sees a predictable pattern. And pattern is design. The difference is no longer on whether or not design exists. The difference is over what caused the design in the first place. Or even the appearance of design and who or what the designer is. Recently, the Hubble telescope focused on a dot in the sky as small as a pencil eraser and discovered 10,000 other galaxies where astronomers thought there was nothing. That is one of the most significant events in astronomy, greater than Mr. Hubble's original discovery of a new galaxy in the red shift. It should make us question everything that we have previously learned about the universe. It is not a mere 14 billion years old. It goes on forever and fills all space. There should be no question about whether or not life exists on other planets. Of course life exists on other planets. Christians should be the first to preach the theory because God, by definition, is omniscient and omnipotent. The highest purpose of all creation is man. Why? If not to people other planets, would God create so many galaxies? The highly probable existence of life on other planets is the greatest proof of the existence of God that science can offer. The first conclusion is this. Even if our Milky Way is 14 billion years old, new universes are created all the time. The cosmos is ageless. There is no beginning, no middle, and no end to creation. It goes on forever. Who is to say that if we could travel to the end of our known universe, and focus the Hubble telescope in another direction, we would also see infinite other galaxies everywhere we turn the telescope. And where you find galaxies, you find complete sets of laws. And where you find complete sets of laws, you find order. There would be infinite time, infinite space, infinite galaxies, infinite universes, and infinite order, all governed by a complete set of laws. That means the Big Bang is not the beginning of all creation. If it happened at all, it is just another instant in infinite creation. And if there is more than one singularity, then it means that all matter was not compressed in one singularity. All creation did not begin with the Big Bang. Law did not begin with the Big Bang. And life did not begin with the Big Bang. If the Big Bang occurred, it occurred because laws caused it to occur. We do not live in a universe of chance. That does, however, guarantee one thing. There will be no giant heat death or giant deep freeze, as some claim. 
because as one universe leaves, another will take its place. Otherwise, the giant heat death would already have occurred. Any true explanation must account for the following things. For God, for life, for law, for order, for balance of nature, for immortality, for observations, for infinite creation, for intelligence, for consciousness, for faith, hope, and charity, for variety, for earth, for infinity, for self-existence, for the spirit, for the supernatural, for good and evil, and for the universe at large. The expanding universe theory, as exciting as it is, is too narrow to explain the total vastness of the universe or the complexity of life. If you manned a spaceship that traveled 10 hundred billion trillion times the speed of light and sent exploring the vastness of space, it would never come to the end of the law of creation even if it traveled for eternity. That image, I hope, though impossible by known laws, makes my point. Science today is in its infancy, comparable to those scientists in the days of Columbus who thought that the earth was flat and Columbus would fall off the end of the world. Another fact that science has given us must also be considered. There's an interesting anomaly in the expanded universe theory. No matter where you are in the universe, it appears to be expanding away from you in all directions at the same rate. We must ask why. The giant heat death is based on the idea of a single big bang, the red shift, and the infinite expansion of the universe from a single point. If there is no single big bang, that theory is not valid. And if no matter where you are in the universe, it appears to be expanding away from you in all directions, at the same rate, that theory is not valid. Where is the universe expanding to if it is expanding in all directions? It's like the man who jumped on his horse and rode off in all directions. We must also ask if there is another explanation for the red shift. Infinity is a long time, and infinite space is a large place. Why hasn't the universe already annihilated itself? Why is there still such order and still such creation? Our scientists tell us about dark matter and dark energy that account for the gravitational stability of the universe. What do we have yet to discover? We love the dark night. We love black holes, dark matter, red shifts, singularities, big bangs, strings, and aliens. Science and science fiction are never far apart. The first thing that we learn about the universe is that nothing stands still. Nothing goes in a straight line, though Newton's laws of motion require them to. Everything goes in circles, or near circles, because of gravity. Halley's Comet comes around every 75 years. Another icy comet comes around every 400,000 years. Astronomers tell us there are actually trillions of comets. Moons circle planets. Planets circle stars. Stars circle the core of galaxies. Galaxies circle supergalaxies. Movement is a giant illusion. Everything is in motion. The romantic moon looks so calm in the evening sky, but it is actually traveling over 2,000 miles an hour around our Earth. The Earth spins 1,000 miles an hour and travels around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. Our galaxy is rotating at 490,000 miles an hour. Depending upon position, things just get faster and faster. As children, we all played crack the whip. The further out you were on the whip, the faster you moved in the circle. In a stable universe, the center holds the universe together. Doesn't it follow that as the moon has a center, that as the earth has a center, 
that as the sun has a center, and that as all spheres have a center, that one system is governed by a higher system, or there would be no order. For Christians, that center is God. Where he lives is the center of the universe, and all of his creations evolve around it. But of course, what scientists will find, rather than God, is another star greater than the other stars that govern other celestial bodies. God is made of matter just as we are made of matter, and he uses self-existent matter for his creations. Furthermore, he resides on a planet just as we reside on a planet. With atoms, electrons circle the nucleus made of protons and neutrons. It is nucleon-centric. Our Earth and Moon form a geocentric universe. Our Sun and planets form a heliocentric universe. What if, in the larger picture of reality, we actually live in a theocentric universe? with God in the center. And if we saw it with clarity, we would find that where God lives is a celestial sphere that governs everything. That would explain the Christian view of God, of creation, and of the universe. Originally, it was thought that the earth was the center of the universe. Finally, thanks to Copernicus and later Galileo, it was discovered that the sun, not the earth, was actually the center of our little solar system. Our solar system is not even the center of our own galaxy. It is probably safe to say that our galaxy is not the center of the cosmos. Peter Pan got it as close as anyone. Second star to the right and straight on to morning. Isn't it more logical to think that the Son of God, the creator of all things, is the center, not the dying sun, of our little corner of the universe? It seems very logical that God would be at the center of all of his creations. One thing is certain. As telescopes get more powerful, they will reveal a perfectly ordered universe. It is not flying apart. That is an illusion of position. We don't have to look any further than our own galaxy or our own planet to see how orderly God's creations are. It is all arranged by perfect laws, and Stephen Hawking is right. There must be a complete set of laws that, given the state of the universe at a specific time, would specify how the universe would develop from that time forward. We have learned from observations on Earth and the heavens that the part represents the whole, that the smallest thing can be an analogy of the largest galaxy. We see patterns everywhere, patterns within patterns, and it is no accident that math is the language of science. Pythagoras taught us that. Such a scenario would give the appearance of a red shift, but because of gravity coming from the center, nothing would fly off into oblivion. Whatever causes the illusion of the red shift, it doesn't matter. Creation will continue forever. As creationists, we reject the annihilation theory categorically. We reject the self-existence of laws. We reject self-organization. We reject the theory that life began with the Big Bang. We reject the idea that matter is the cause of intelligent design. As with the theory of evolution, the Big Bang, if it occurred, must also stay within the parameters of law. Also, as with the theory of evolution, the Big Bang Theory, even if it explains our corner of the universe, is insufficient to explain the infinite universe. Everything is governed by law, and law is organized and governed by God. There are certain assumptions that we must make about life and the law of creation that science eventually must account for. The infinite universe, the self-existence of life, the self-existence of matter and energy, the self-existence of chaos, the conservation laws, the forces of opposition, the self-existence of intelligence, the creation of laws, 
the organization of complete sets of laws. Laws cannot self-exist or self-organize. The existence of perfect order. Order is not self-existent. Entropy. No flesh that includes plants, insects, animals, or man has life in itself. Death of all biological forms of life is the evidence. When the body dies, it goes back into the elements. The perfect balance of the universe and the perfect balance of life and death. Evolution and entropy deal only with the body, not the spirit. The effects of evolution and entropy are entirely limited to mortality. The immortality of the spirit and the mortality of the body. The supernatural. The absolute necessity of law and the absolute necessity of complete sets of laws. The absolute necessity of intelligent design. Even science is beginning to admit that intelligence is necessary for creation. However, because they are unwilling to acknowledge God, they claim that life is inherent in nature. Some are actually claiming that life creates itself piece by piece. Something cannot come from nothing. Spiritual loss and temporal loss. Spiritual laws are as eternal as the spirit. Temporal laws manage all temporal matter. Spiritual laws manage everything. Laws are not temporal fixes, but eternal truths. The fine-tuned universe is governed by law, not by temporary fluctuations. Laws establish boundaries and conditions. As Christians, not only do we reject the giant heat death, We look forward to a new beginning, a new birth, a new set of laws. In Peter we read, But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Thank you for listening. 
Watch for our next podcast.